bow our heads. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, let's talk about prayer today, shall we? For some people, prayer means stringing together a bunch of religious words. When Clark Griswold of vacation fame was invited to say a prayer remembering a recently deceased relative, he struggled a little bit, I think. Oh, I love that. I love when people pray in movies. It's always pretty rich. Cut me some slack, Ellen. I'm not an ordained minister. Um, well, he had religious words thrown in there, right? But it didn't, uh, didn't quite hold together, did it? Well, the vast majority of people are not ordained ministers. So how are we supposed to pray? We aren't the first ones to ask the question. The disciples asked Jesus how to pray a long time ago, and what they got was a little bit of practical instruction, an abbreviated Lord's Prayer, and a lot more on the trustworthiness of the character to whom we pray, God. Jesus says, begin with Father in heaven the most important teaching of this entire lesson. How our prayer is going to be framed, namely, as a conversation with our loving Father. So in prayer, we're not merely trying to summon an abstract, remote, disinterested being. Not at all. God has created you, loves you, and desires an ongoing relationship and conversation with you, just as you do with your own children or grandchildren, nieces, nephews, or anyone you love deeply. By the way, if you like, substitute mother for father. It works, same difference. Jesus' world was a patriarchal and uh, society and imagined God as a man. Obviously, God's not a man, uh, but in this teaching, God is reimagined as a parent, that's the point, to whom we come as dependent children. Addressing God, we are encouraged, as Abba, Father, which was at that time an affectionate term used by a child addressing his or her daddy. This sets the tone. This is what it's all about. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. This tells us that prayer is, first of all, about God, our parent, whose name is to be revered, who envisions and promises a world for us where everyone's lives flourish. We know that world is not fully here yet, but it is promised nonetheless. Therefore, one of the first things we do in prayer is get out of ourselves and align with a bigger picture, what God is doing in the world to give life and not just to you and me. Here we must note that prayer is inextricably fused to action. As an ancient understanding of prayer teaches us, praying for something 
commits us to join God in working to bring that thing about that we just prayed for. Prayer is not sitting on our hands and just waiting for God to do it. What action is God urging us to take here at Mount Carmel? Or you in your life? This is a daily question for us to wrestle with. And this, by the way, is the core work of the church, aligning ourselves with what God is up to in the world. That means asking the question often and then talking about it with God and each other. Most churches, our, our own church included, don't devote much time intentionally to this sort of thing, and the result is institutional drift and inevitable decline. Next, we get a series of petitions that shift things back to us and to our needs. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us as we forgive others. Protect us from evil. In other words, sustain us, renew us, protect us. This means that our needs matter to God as a child's needs usually do to any loving parent. And like a child with a parent, and even more so, we are utterly dependent on God to provide for us. Prayer is putting into practice this dependence. And then Luke does something interesting. He takes up the question, but can we really trust God to provide, to respond to us if we pray? I think Luke was listening to his people as, as Jesus was who originally said this. How many of you have wondered when you pray whether God will really answer your prayer? Anybody? I have. After all, sometimes it does seem like God is uh, sleeping or just doesn't care about little old you or little old us. Or maybe everything's already determined anyway, so of what utility is prayer? You know, these questions knock around in our heads, don't they? These questions and feelings can make it hard to know how or whether to even bother approaching God. So, the Gospel of Luke here doubles down on the father-parent imagery. First, you get the story of the man in the middle of the night who knocks on his neighbor's door because he has a late-night visitor and no bread. A very big no-no in that world where hospitality was paramount. Had to have provisions at hand for travelers who might stop by, even strangers. So despite the fact that the neighbor who, uh, whose door is knocked uh, upon is already sleeping and tells his neighbor to go away, persistence, we are taught here, will pay off, and that neighbor who came knocking will get some bread, those three loaves of bread, because he would not go away. The point? Be persistent in prayer? Yeah, that's, that's one of the points. But more importantly, there's another point. This is a parable of contrast. If we can trust our cranky neighbor in the middle of the night to help us, and usually we can, even if he is cranky, then how much more can we trust our Father in heaven to respond 
to our needs. Unlike our neighbor, our God, our parent, wants us to come knocking in the middle of the night or any time. And therefore, Jesus says, trust that if you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened. If you ask, it shall be given. After all, if a child asks for a fish, what father would give him a snake? Or if, a, or if he asks for an egg, what father would give his child a scorpion? And, and if imperfect fathers in this world know how to give good gifts, imagine how much more our Father in heaven will give to those who ask. Jesus and Luke are stressing here that you can trust this God. So pray. Which brings us to this question. Why don't I always get what I pray for? Most of us have had the experience of praying uh, many, many times for something we really want or felt we needed but didn't get. How are we supposed to trust then? Let me tell you a, a little story that gets at this question from my own um, history. I hope this is helpful. When my oldest son, Thomas, was barely uh, a year old, one, uh, an early toddler, right? uh, one day I was playing with him in the backyard. And uh, I noticed one of those baby toads, or maybe they're mini toads, I'm not, I'm not sure, but you've seen them hopping around in the yard. And so I pointed this out to Thomas, and he seemed uh, fascinated and interested, so I picked it up in my hand to give him a closer look. And then I said, I said, here, Thomas, you can hold him. And I put the little, the little toady in his hand. And he looked, he looked at it intently with his furrowed little brow. And then he started to put the toady slowly into his mouth. <laughs> no, 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 I said. You know, and I quickly fished it out of his mouth before any, before any damage could, could happen. Um, and then I let the toady go, and he happily sprang off, uh, no, doubtly, no, no doubt thankful that he didn't... Uh, uh, meet his end being munched by a toddler. Um, I realized that my little experiment to recreate the Discovery Channel had failed. I was thinking kind of educationally, the wonder of it all, and Thomas was thinking, hey, I should put that in my mouth. Huh? Now, what does this have to do with anything? As his father, I knew his mouth was not a good place for the toady, so I took it away before something unpleasant happened. While few of us, I think, are tempted uh, to chomp on toads, nonetheless, as human beings, we often do not have a clear sense of what is best for us, even the wisest among us. Our Father in heaven actually does know what we need, knows us better than we know ourselves. And it may not be exactly what you asked for in prayer and were fixated upon and looking at, Jesus today is asking you to trust that God cares about you as a father does his child and will only give good things to you and, in fact, wants to give good things to you. He will also step in and try to redirect if we are about to eat a toad. So when you pray for something and don't get it, trust that God is responding nonetheless or will respond, but perhaps not in the way 
you're expecting. What you find may not be exactly what you sought, but it might be better. For instance, when my younger brother Dave was in high school, he was a basketball player just like all of his older brothers had been at Richfield High School. And when he was a senior, he prayed uh, on a regular basis that he uh, would be a starter on the varsity team or at least play a lot. But it became increasingly clear during early practices that he was not going to play much. He wasn't going to be part of uh, the rotation, as they call it. So that door, having been shut out, he decided to look for another one. Okay, thanks, God, for not answering my prayer. He quit the team and tried out for a musical production. He got the lead in The Fantastics. And it turned out that while he was a merely competent basketball player, he was quite a good actor and singer. So, he didn't get the thing he prayed for, but God perhaps showed him a better way. So, did God answer Dave's prayer? What do you think? I think much of developing a prayer life is learning to trust in and depend on God and to, to depend that God is always blessing us richly and to look for those blessings, even in the midst of, admittedly, pain and brokenness in this life. What remains is for us to look for ways that God gives good gifts and perhaps answers our prayer, but maybe not in the way we expected or asked for. Finally, we all know that, now this is a tough one, we sometimes pray for, uh, we pray for certain things that we care about deeply and the result is heartbreaking and can't be construed in any way as good, like cancer taking a loved one or something like that. Does that mean that God failed to respond to our prayer? I don't think so. Quite clearly, there is much that happens in this, sorry, in this world, much that happens in this world that God does not will. But what we are promised in prayer, finally, and it's the last phrase in our lesson today, and we are promised this always, is this. Our Father in heaven, you know, we think of up there, will be at our side through the gift of the Holy Spirit holding us up when life has broken us. And so through the gift of the Holy Spirit in prayer, heaven has literally come down to you in the presence of God. That's pretty good. So don't neglect to pray. Okay? Amen.